this is a gathering of Srila Prabhupada's sons and daughters. And actually, everyone in the Hare Krishna movement is a son or daughter of Srila Prabhupada. But some of us have the express good fortune of being his directly initiated disciples during his time with us. And as we slowly and not so slowly begin to depart, part of the service that we can do, that we can leave behind for all of you, is to hopefully fill your heart with memories and reflections and glorification of divine grace. So that in addition to knowing him through his books, you also know him as the wonderful person he was to all of us. The wonderful father and friend, teacher, guide. We have with us today a very special guide. And I'm not using that word in a um, figurative manner. And this special daughter has letters to Sri Prabhupada addressing her, my dear daughter Sally. <laughs> so we have with us today, actually, Janaki Devi Dasi was his first initiated disciple daughter. But Sally Agarwal, who was part of the equation that brought Sri Prabhupada to America because her husband and her sponsored his trip. She was married to Gopal Agarwal, whose father Sri Prabhupada met in Delhi and found out that he was from the tour or something like that. He told him he wanted to come to America and he said, oh, my son is living in America. Oh, do you think he could sponsor him? Very casual thing. It wasn't like they sat down and made any plans. And really, from what I understand, nothing more was heard by Sri Prabhupada except that one day he got an approval that he could go to America. He'd been approved. So this is Sally Agarwal who started her and her husband started the whole wonderful. Prabhupada used the word in a letter to her. A wonderful adventure. You remember that? I was reading it this wonderful adventure in Krishna consciousness. So we'd really like to give her a really warm Hare Krishna Hare Roll and welcome.
The first thing I do want to do, because we've introduced Sally, is to quickly pass the mic. Now this is not, I know some of you are used to saying a lot, because that's what you do, your teachers. But right now, I'm just asking you, you know, give a, a name and just your name of initiation. That's, you know, we have to go to, it's already 5.30, and theoretically we have to finish at 6, but don't believe it. <laughs> this is Igor Yasmin, Igor Dada, and I'll let him Almost have to eat this mic right up your mouth. My name is Rashad Aswani. I took initiation here in 73. My name is Nabayan Aswani. I'm Sanyasa Shilapopa, 975. And my name is Bhakti Swami. I was initiated in October 1973. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated Swami, class of 68. I went to Swami class and initiated in New York in July of 
No, I've been here many times. <laughs> 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 I need the other mic. I need the other mic up here. Am I the other too? Oh, Maybe six o'clock. 
He slept on our couch in the living room. And then the next day, he went to the YMCA because we had two children and only two bedrooms. So we just didn't have room. And it was good. It was a good thing because when he was staying there at our place, he would come early in the morning and have breakfast. And he came after my husband went for work. And they came early. And then he fixed this enormous lunch. And then after he ate lunch, then he went back to the Y to continue his work of translating. So, and then he came about six o'clock every night and fixed himself a small meal. And uh, because we figured that would be more palatable because we cooked meat. And uh, he didn't have the smell of meat, you know. So um, he cooked himself a small thing. Uh, Do you remember what what his cooking utensil was like? Oh, that's that that tall thing. You know, <laughs> one burner, one burner, and he puts that doll at the bottom, and then with water, and then vegetables, 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 about four or five plates, <laughs> and they cook with one. They cook with one burner. That was wonderful. I thought. <laughs> Most of you know about Sula Prabhupada's cooker, and then I realized, you know, after one day, I realized, hey, he's a good cook. <laughs> I think, Swami, would you mind cooking lunch for Gopala and me too? <laughs> Every lunch time was a big thing, feast. Not uh, Swami's cooking. It was fun. And he did have a cheese. I have certain recipes that he gave me that he made before me, and I wrote the message, the uh, recipes down. I have a great one for here. Do you know what Kier is? <laughs> I have Swami's recipe. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, Am I answering the question or going too far? <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what he, what you remember that he brought with him? Did he have a lot of things? He brought a big black right-hand rock. <laughs> he brought his slippers that he had on his feet. He brought uh, two pieces of material that he wrapped around his body. <laughs> Did he have, um, I think maybe a shawl. Yeah. That's, I think that's it. <laughs> he came with absolutely nothing, but he came with a ton of books. <laughs> In a trunk. He had translated and printed three, three of them. And then he had, um, there were a total of 16. And then he had printed three, 
he had translated three more, but he didn't have the money to, you know, print them. And he needed the money to translate, to, to live. So his purpose was not that you would guess. It was not to start an organization like this, <laughs> but to sell books so he could publish more. His uh, big philosopher, I forget his name, uh, told him to take the Gita to the English world, and that was his goal in life. Not even that. <laughs> it just happened. I understand that Sri Prabhupada was there when your son took his first steps. Oh, yes. Bridge. B R I J. He was about six months old. Seven months, eight months. You, many of you have seen that picture that the little dark haired boy was hanging on to Swami, and the Swami was laughing and laughing and laughing. <laughs> Delightful with the children, really. He was a delight just to watch. And he just warmed up when he played with the kids. It was nice. I remember a letter that Sri Prabhupada wrote to you on the occasion of your daughter's third birthday. Oh, Thank <laughs> you. 
he knew nothing about how hectic and difficult New York would be. Nothing. And he didn't know anything about putting money in a machine and getting something. Some food or something. And Gopal handed him a big handful of coins, all types of, you know, nickels, dimes, quarters, so that he could buy food or a drink or anything, a bath. He took a bath about seven times a day. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not know how to take a bath in a bus, bus station, you know. So Gopal went to a great uh, effort to teach him, to show him how to do this. And I can remember this was all standing in the front door with his suitcase or whatever he had to take. And just, I was crying and he was crying and it was just, oh, I hated to see him go, old man. Oh, I guess he did okay. <laughs> Thank you. 
did, but he made his own way. That is so impressive. He made his own way. How many people can do that? Wow.
went back to India and when he was coming back, one godbrother of ours, Father Sudan, wrote to the Gaulle and said that now, because of your health, it's better that you stay a little to the sidelines and, and rest and, and not preach. Father said, go back. My dear boy, if I did not preach, where would you be? <laughs> <laughs> I told the story last year. <clears throat> I was a Brahmacharya from Canada and I used to travel on the States, wherever Prabhupada went. So in Chicago of 76, uh, I was on a morning walk with Prabhupada. Uh, at Lake Michigan at a park. And there were a group of sannyasis there, Satsuru, Vishnajan, Brahmananda, and I can't remember a few others, but they carried their dandas with them. And while we were all walking, a cyclist came by and he stopped right in front of where I was. That's how I remember it. And uh, he deliberately wanted to ask something of Prabhupada to see. So he said, excuse me. <clears throat> and so everyone stopped. He said, can you tell me why some of you are carrying the sticks and some of you are not? And then Prabhupada said to Brahmananda, what did he say? And then Brahmananda said, he wants to know why we carry the sticks. Why we carry the sticks. And then Prabhupada said to Brahmananda, tell him that we carry the sticks to shoo away the dogs. <laughs> so at that point, uh, the fellow said, okay, ask a stupid question. Give a stupid answer. <laughs> and at that point I said, no, that wasn't a stupid question. But it's not sure if I'm about to hear it. So they naturally trailed behind him. 
mother telling that she is the one who sponsored Shila Gopa to go to US and she's feeling very, 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 very fortunate so
established in the Prabhu Park. Who had come there? So that was a, I had this visual about Srila Prabhupada, and then I guess the next winter, uh, there was a, a, a friend of ours uh, at, at school, uh, and uh, I, I was I was spending that, that the next year as uh, I graduated and went to University of Massachusetts at Amherst. And a friend of mine from college getting married and uh, came down. This Gershman was the Steve Gershman was his name. And he had been a transfer student at Penn from Buffalo and he had a friend named Tatus, the Katie Tatus. Huh? Huh? Yeah. So so he uh, uh, we went to, went to Steve Gerson's wedding. Uh, the word hippie didn't exist yet, but when it did, that would have been called a hippie wedding. <laughs> <laughs> they were very far out things in uh, that way. Uh, and, and one of the things that we did, uh, it happened in his living room, and there was a of a bebop, United Church of Christ minister reading from the E.G. Tibetan Book of the Dead. So then, then, then we all went, went to Sadman's uh, bedroom with a big uh, uh, waterbed. Yeah, waterbed. And uh, uh, Steve Gerson said, I want, I want you to play this, play this, this record. And my friend said, and it was a, a happy record by Sri Prabhupada. And we all chanted Hare Krishna. Chanted Hare Krishna, and uh, it sounded like somebody was calling from far away. Uh, so that, that's, that was the kind of the first encounter, the visual, the, the audio one, and then, uh, and then I think it was in '69. Uh, I was then in graduate school at, at Temple University. I saw the movie jumping up and down and chanting Hare Krishna. They had come down from New York and started the Temple of Philadelphia. So it kind of like one, one sequence, one after another, Prabhupada uh, became manifest more and more. Let's take a pause and have a hear from a few of the ladies. Um, Srila Prabhupada came back 
I was the head librarian. I was, it was just the 7 o'clock RTI. I dressed the duties. I was very nervous about it. You know, I was young. I was new head librarian for just a year or so. And um, I heard the car outside. I was doing the RT. Shiva Prabhupada walked in the temple room all by himself. And he walked up behind the altar, basis in front of the altar, which was very small. So he was right beside me. Then he got up and stood there like this, looking at Radhakrishna Gopinath, very close to me, as close as to, to Pornamasi. I was still doing the RT. I didn't know whether I should offer basis or what I should do. I was just like, oh. <laughs> But I just kept doing the arch. I thought, yes, uh, I just do the arch. But in my mind, I was thinking, Shiva Prabhupada standing there, looking at Radhika Gopinath, they're probably telling him about this young girl who doesn't know anything what she's doing. <laughs> they're being terribly abused or whatever. Uh, really, you know. Anyway, I was very worried about it. And then all of a sudden, through the door, of course, all the other boys came running in, who had been behind, and getting out of other cars from the, from the morning walk. And um, so what happened was that, you know, he went to the office, saw everybody came in and sat down, and I finished the RT, they had for puja. But all day I was thinking, oh, I hope it was okay. And I kept looking at the deeds, wondering, you know, is this okay? Oh, my goodness. And later on that evening, um, Piti Govinda Maharaj, uh, then he was a Nirjapati, our cook, Nirjapati dog. Anyway, <laughs> he came and found me and he said, Prahana, I was just up in Prabhupada's room and he told me to tell the Pujari from this morning that she needs to buy a bigger bell. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I ran down, there was no little India, I didn't know where to get a bell. So we, I went to Chinatown and I found a bigger bell. And then the next morning, Shil Papa came in and uh, for a morning walk, and I was standing there proudly with this gong gong gong. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like, oh, that's all, that's all they said. And it was, you know what, it, what the impact it had on me was that Shil Papa read my mind. He knew what I was thinking, he felt my insecurity, he understood what I needed to hear. And even though there were so many faults in how I was taking care of the deities, he knew just what to say and what to do. And it, it made me feel so good to go by that bell. And that I really felt like I could reach the top one. It was a really turning, it was a big turning point for me in my devotional life. He said, oh, so many fruits. And my father asked Prabhupada, is it possible to be reborn in the same body? Actually, my father was thinking about my spiritual rebirth. And Prabhupada was, was so jolly. He said, yes. He said, just like your old man, I am man, and we have taken so many births, you know, and in even in this life, from one body to another. And um, then as, as we were leaving, we offered obeisances, and Prabhupada said, good father, good daughter. <laughs> that's something that's really sustained me, because I feel that, and I feel Prabhupada is my real father, 
and having a good father, maybe I can become a good mother. <laughs> Devotees, their brains grow. 
excited to go to the airport. It was a festival when Robert came to the airport. And the whole time would go. And the president at the time called me and said, um, everyone's going to the airport, but you're going to have to stay back and guard the deities. And guard the deities in the temple. Because we used to have problems with the neighbors. And when he told me that I have to stay back, I was horrified. How could you deny me the, you know, the pleasure of going to see Kula Prabhupada? You know? um, I, I struggled with that for some time. I, I, I was thinking I could, I could just sneak out of any one of the people in the road. And then he, um, after thinking about it, I decided the way proper comes back and finds out no one knows what argument is coming from. And he said, Oh, yeah, we did put one word to do it. And I went away. That scared me worse. <laughs> so I decided to stay. And I stayed in the temple standing in Java.
30 years ago, we wrote that when Shula Prabhupada was looking at people, he was thinking, how can I engage this person in Christian service? So that gave me a whole new perspective on the experience. Wanted it wool, so you know, well, what are the 
process of buying wool in Hawaii at uh, Sears, and what are the chances of finding saffron wool in Hawaii? So I walked into Sears, and the first thing I saw on the table was this beautiful, perfect color of wool, 100% wool. And I found a pattern that was a uh, sweatshirt pattern, and I thought, well, I can just lengthen it. She also wanted a cape for Sheila Prabhupada. Anyway, so I, she wanted it lined, so I found some flannel, saffron flannel, and she wanted the hood because his head got cold. So she wanted the hood with a, something thick, but there was nothing in the fabric department. So being the black belt shopper that I seem to be, I wandered around the store and up in the area where they had toilet bowl covers, I found this mustard-colored fleece description. So that's where Shua Papa's coat came from. And we ended up, he made the finishing touches of peacock feathers around his coat. And the cape, she said, Shua Papa sits and translates in the morning. And she said, he's always throwing his child around and trying to cover his leg. She said, please make a cape that's long so he can slip his hands through that has a hood so he can sit and be covered while he's translating. So I, actually I've never seen a picture of him in a cape until just recently. And um, it was like a little red riding hood cape, but it was quite long. So when he sat, anyway, it was made out of flannel, also saffron flannel. And um, he wrote to her and he said, thank you so much for this coat. He said, they're so nice. He said, it makes me feel so comfortable like I was on the lap of my mother. <laughs> and I was him about the relationship with him. She was also his daughter. He would write to her regularly. Actually, there's a letter that Yes, he said, my dearest little mothers, and it was Jemuna, 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 and myself. In the letter, he was explaining how his mother had left at a young age, but now, you know. And he said, and there's also one other mother who is in Dustin, who was. My devotional life took place in Europe, in France, very often. Uh, we didn't get to see Shiro Prabhu very often. So um, I don't have so much direct experience. But I do have, and I'm very grateful for this framework of devotional experience that he's left for us. And I feel that he we can connect with him in very real ways. Um, in this material world, we can lose anything in a moment. But the mercy of the Vaishnavas, and Srila Prabhupada has created that merciful experience, we can never really lose. And I, that came home to me. There was a, a time in my life when I, I did suffer a grievous loss, and I was paralyzed 
with grief and distress. And I wasn't really much able to do anything. And almost one of the only things I could do was I would walk in the morning and I'd chant. And I'd pick just flowers that were just hanging around the town. I didn't grow any flowers or buy any flowers and I'd put them on a, in a little vase next to Robert's photo. And uh, a little picture of Krishna that I had. But I was kind of lamenting that I was so helpless and there was not much I could do. And one of the only other things I could tolerate was the memory tapes that some had been kind enough to send to us. And while I at the same time at the same time I was lamenting that I wasn't functioning we happened to see the memory tape of Shankar Prabhu. And I don't know if you all remember that, but it, it was very personal for me. He had been a gardener in my court, and he had planted flowers. And he asked Shil Prabhupada the question, what happens when you offer a flower to Krishna? And Prabhupada said, the plant from where that flower comes, that's human birth. Or goes back to Godhead. I don't really exactly remember. <laughs> Somebody can watch the tape, Shanka can probably tell you. But it, what it did was touch me on such a deep level that even when we're in our most helpless condition, Prophet has given us the opportunity to serve people in ways that are almost unimaginable. And we can feel connected to him at every single moment. If we open our hearts to the mercy of the Vaishnavas, it is always available to us. Shiva Prabhupada had Lord Jagannath in this box and I want them to see you. 
and I opened the box and stood them up. And he was really smiling. He said, they are gorgeous. And then he said, I, then I said, Shula um, Prabhupada, um, they're telling me I can't worship them. And he said, who's telling? And I said, I started to say, but Shula Prabhupada, you said, and he just interrupted me. He said, never mind. He said, you make your job happy, life and soul, and you will be happy your entire life. He said, so your husband's taking some last. And then he said two times, then you make you make what Baba who said Subhan Jana Jana for husband. Thank you. 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 Thank